Hi everyone, this is the Hearsay Podcast. My name is Saya and this is episode number 83. My guest today is the lovely Astrid Jorgensen from Pub Choir. For those who aren't familiar with Pub Choir, it's this amazing thing that's been blowing up around Australia and also internationally, where Astrid and her crew break down a famous song into three-part harmonies and teach a willing crowd, big, big crowds, by the way, the parts and it's lovely and it's connecting, which is just so important at the moment. Um, And they also get amazing people to join them on stage for their songs, including some of the friends of the podcast, like Paul Kelly, Meg Mac, Sam Cromack, amongst others. So if Pub Choir is coming to a town near you, you should totally go. You won't regret it. It's such a fun thing to do with friends and strangers. Um, And I'm so proud that it all started in Brisbane. We talk a little bit about that in this chat, that uh, Brisbane pride, which is so lovely. Uh, Just so you're aware, there's a bit of swearing in this episode and it comes in right at the start and it's very much my fault. Um, I'm so sorry. I'm such a potty mouth. So apologies for that and be careful if listening with little ones. Astrid's strange show story was illustrated by the Patterson Kids with art direction from pub choir manager and guitarist for the greats, John Patterson. It's quite an excellent picture, so go check that out. As always, all illustrations for the podcast can be found on Instagram at Hearsay Podcast or on the Hearsay Facebook page. I reckon podcast episodes are going to be a little bit intermittent for a while um, as I have a lot going on, but I really, really love this chat and I hope you do too. And I'm hoping to do many more soon. Here it is, episode number 83 with Astrid Jorgensen. Look at this. I've got a sheet of paper with oh, things on it. Oh, you're so good. <laughs> so, Astrid, I've got your name at the top, oh, Astrid. Amazing. How are you? I'm so great. Oh. I actually feel great. Really? I'm not even just being like, hey, I'm really good. I am just living my life at the moment. I feel great. I th- love this as an answer. Tell me like three great things about your life right now. I feel like I am on this Oh, I hate to use the C word, but I'm on like a post-COVID. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I love to use that C I'm word. I'm such a cunt. <laughs> I, that also, that's the third reason. I was going to get to that. <laughs> the first reason, I mean, I feel like post-COVID, I'm on this like second wind of enjoying my work. I just feel like it is feeling fresh and wonderful. And I'm just waking up in the morning being like, yes. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I know. I can't believe it. <laughs> okay, that's one. That's one. Two is I just finished this work that I thought I would hate and it was really hard and then I, I finished it and I did a great job of <sighs> teaching teenagers. It's a thing I used to do many years ago. I retired from teaching and I just did it recently and I was like, I rule. <laughs> that is such a good feeling. I can't – like I conquered the thing that defeated me in the past. I was like, oh, I'm killing it. And you know then- what? I have a um, a cross stitch that one of my best friends, Georgia Mooney, made me and it's because we quite often – so the cross stitch says – fuck oh it's fine because (laughs) so often you have this feeling of like oh my god I don't know what I'm doing and then like next minute it's like oh it went great yes but it hasn't (laughs) always I haven't always been able to conclude with oh it went great but this time it did and I was like I am better than I used to be (laughs) and then the third thing that's making me feel great is the word cunt so (laughs) here we are glad we got both c words in in the first two minutes well thanks for having me (laughs) okay bye um hey thanks so much for doing my podcast I'm really excited to talk to you because a you're a Brisbane phenomenon and b um you're an awesome lady and I love to have ladies on the podcast um because you know music world is often male dominated Mm. not dominated male heavy I would say I think um, both were correct. <laughs> and um, it's really exciting when someone I really respect is is on the podcast who's also an awesome lady. Oh, 
well, thank you. I think you're an awesome lady too. Thank Here we are. Thank you so much. <laughs> I wasn't fishing for compliments, but thank you. Um, so obviously um, the pub choir has been a complete phenomenon um, in the last few years. And I hate to revisit territory already trodden, but can you tell me a little bit about when you started it? Yeah, why did you start it? What did you want it to be? I mean, I anyone who knows me could probably appreciate that I'm a little bit chaotic. And so I wasn't actually starting with this like roadmap. I didn't have a five-year plan and I mm. wasn't like, I'm going to do this event and then <laughs> and then this will happen and this will happen. I mean, I was like, this sounds fun. Let's try it one time. So at in 2017, I was a high school teacher. Speaking of going back to what's making me happy. You are a really crap high school teacher. Yeah, I, I sucked. <laughs> <laughs> back on it I was so sad I would like it's no shade on the kids you know like if any, if any student of mine just they're like what a bitch <laughs> I mean you were all great but I wasn't great at my job I just felt like I would get to school two minutes before I needed to start and I would sit quietly in my car just like sighing behind the wheel just like oh here we go again so I was deeply unhappy as a school teacher and just didn't suit me and I um, really wanted to retire. I really wanted to not do that, but it's the only skill I had. And um, and in the evenings, I was taking like seven choirs. I Whoa. really have always loved choir. I'm obsessed with it. It's so easy. You just open your mouth and we're, we're away, you know. And but wait, so what were you teaching at school? I was teaching music. Right. I was te- but I just feel like... And again, no shade to music teachers. My God, I respect you so much. It's such a hard job. I I couldn't hack it. I mean, I feel like it was really confusing for me because kids love music. They would like walk around the school with their headphones in all day and just like talk about music and their whole life revolved around music. And then they would come into the music classroom and be like, I hate music. And it's Mm. like, that was really confusing for me because I'm like, am I ruining the thing that you love? Well, it's curriculum, isn't it? It's that that you have to do certain things to pass the subject. Yes. And those things happen to be, you know, they're a bit more academic than listening to like Stormzy. They don't streamline in with their interests. And so, and I would try to be like, if you learn about music, you can make it and then, then you can do the fun thing. But it was like, I guess I realized that the joy of music is experiencing it in your life and we were talking about it a lot and I felt like I was kind of turning them away from even wanting the experience I was like it was very confusing I was like it's a big burden to ruin music for children so (laughs) I can't be responsible for that I don't even want children so for me I don't want to ruin their lives as well (laughs) so I mean so I I was taking choirs in the evening like every night of the week I had a choir because I found that choir was kind of the quickest way to experience music um, you can be dead average and still be in a choir. You know, like, you know, you can't, if you're really bad at violin, you might have a tough time finding an orchestra, sure. <laughs> you know, like if you're really awful at flute, where are you going to go? I mean, I think that's sad in itself, but for, <laughs> if you're really dead average at singing, you can join a choir and it's okay. <laughs> so I kind of love that. It's like, you can just come and experience it. And so I was really like riding this choir wave. I was doing it every night of the week. And then I just thought I would add one more on, but drunk. <laughs> like it was not like this huge <laughs> I don't know um I, there Wasn't was no moment yeah no yeah. there was no grand plan I was like let's do choir but drunk and I really wanted to sing with my friends a lot of my choirs that I had were like older mm. retirees no shade to them sure <laughs> like a lot of things I've they started out fun as much as yeah, the next absolutely. guy absolutely yeah. yeah but then I guess yeah where were my friends like I used to have a fun time at school singing with my friends and then they all kind of did other things it's yeah. like I wanted to bring them back so it was booze honestly <laughs> that's so funny that you say that because I was going to ask you a question about alcohol later <laughs> but maybe I'll ask it now while we're talking <laughs> about it do you think that um, alcohol is an important part of pub choir honestly no no and you know what I don't really drink Yes. Um, I mean, I, so I, I shared just before we started recording, yeah. I'm actually allergic. Um, I can drink, but I have Asian flush and I need my asthma puff. I'll have an asthma attack if I don't have my antihistamines and a wow. puffer nearby. I go super red. What is Asian flush? It's like, it happens to, I think like 30 to 50% of the Asian population really? are missing this enzyme that breaks down alcohol. Oh. And so it like, it 
physically manifests in her face, like bright red, eyes are bulging, my lungs get tight. It happens in varying degrees to different people. So it's but like it's, a full-on allergy. Yeah, it's an yeah. allergy. It's an allergy. Wow. Um, and so uh, like white children and peanuts. You know? Yes. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't drink at pub choir and I'm having a lovely time. And I think a lot of people come along and don't drink. I, I guess what the word pub is suggesting to people is like choose some comfort for yourself. Yeah. And also it's going to be casual. Yeah. Like we go to the pub to hang out with friends. We don't always need to be munted. Yeah. <laughs> it's like let's catch up on Friday after work at the pub. Like I guess it's trying to Relax. put some context for people yeah. being like this is a fun time. <laughs> yeah, it's a circuit breaker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like we're taking it out of like a church hall where yeah. a choir usually is and being like just relax. Oh my god, just yeah. like sit, you know, slouch and have a nice time. <laughs> <laughs> so when you say that you were leading all these choirs when you were still teaching, were you you were picking songs, you were arranging everything, were you a, a, like accompanying, or were you doing everything? Yeah, like Whoa. I mean, yeah. <laughs> That's Thank a you lot. for saying whoa. Um, yeah, it did feel pretty well. Um, I mean, one thing about the choir world is that I think there are a lot of like uh, cultural things that have been woven into the choir world that I don't think are actually that relevant to choir. Like, for instance, I think if you say I'm in a choir, people might think in their minds there's like a uniform like a satin sash and like um, there's like a certain type of repertoire from the old days and like, you know, I think there's a lot of like cultural connotations around choir that actually have nothing to do with the concept of choir. It's just people singing together. Mm. So for my ones, I was trying to break that down a little bit for people. Like I never ask people to wear a uniform. I'm like, people sing best when they feel nice and good. So wear a thing that makes you feel nice and good and then you'll sing better. So like, trying to approach it in that way and yes like I was trying to find music and there's not heaps out there that I felt like was speaking to the experience of people so I was arranging songs I was already doing pub choir but sober yeah okay (laughs) everywhere and it's so wild to me because like at when pub choir started and kind of took off a little bit I was still doing these other choirs in the exact same way but everyone went to one (laughs) everyone went to the one with pub in the title I was like okay let's go there when did you quit your other choirs I really hang on as uh, hung on as long as I could I um my favorite big shout out to choir bollicle number one best name in the world (laughs) (laughs) the best name um and I would drive to Toowoomba they were in Toowoomba um so choir bollicle was the first choir that I ever had and I had them for the longest as well so I they were the earliest group that I ever directed myself and then I um hung on to them while pub choir started for a few years like I was like I love them I would drive an hour and a half each way on a Tuesday night to choir bollicle um and then maybe about two years into pub choir I was like oh mommy's tired I can't (laughs) I'll crash my car I'm really sorry yeah (laughs) you're gonna drive into some kind of ditch yeah yeah and they were very understanding (laughs) yeah that's good so putting choir aside I know that you did some solo stuff for a while too (laughs) Um, and I know that you possibly don't want to talk about it, but can we talk about it for a little bit? Because yes. I think it's important to know that your musical far above, like just being able to arrange and, and you know, sing in choirs and direct choirs. Thank you. Um, yes. Well, I did. I did attempt many things. I have and I will continue to do that, I'm right. sure. But yeah, for a little bit there. So when I was teaching, I also studied um, part-time my master's because I really wanted to like be a good singer. I kind of thought that that's, that might be the goal for me. Um, well, you are a good singer. I I mean, I thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to think that I know how to sing um, and I can control my voice in ways that I want. Um, I... I guess I've always had like music kind of bubbling away and I didn't know how to get it out. And I thought singing might be the best way for me to do that. So I kind of put my eggs in that basket for a while. I went and studied my master's um, in singing. And part of that is to like make an album when you when you do that oh, master's right. degree. So that was kind of cool. It was like forced me to songwrite and I really enjoyed that. And I was like, there is lots of music that I could just like get out. Um, did it, you like what you did? Yeah, yeah. I'm a bit embarrassed now to listen to the, production quality oh okay did you produce it <laughs> yeah oh, it was just like a home job yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah it was of like an idiot who doesn't know what they're doing so when I listen to it I'm like oh you know it's a bit nasty <laughs> but like I I think the songwriting is okay and and it could have just done with like a producer you know sure. um 
but yeah, I like loved songwriting. And then I, um, I guess I didn't love performing. Interesting. So I learned that. I find it, you know, I'm a big fan of like, let's fuck around and find out. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, I went and I performed and I was writing songs and I started to learn what I liked and what I didn't. I love writing things. I don't like being the performer. Right. Because I think so much of your persona on stage seems to be that you do love being in front of a crowd and you do have that performative <laughs> element to your like the way that you communicate with the crowd and everything. But on the flip side, the goal of pub choir is that I teach so effectively that I can stop doing anything. Yeah. So like the goal of pub choir is by the end of the night, I am singing nothing. Sure. So like, and for me, I find it really lovely is that at pub choir, even though, yes, like it involves me singing a lot, it kind of has nothing to do with the quality of my voice. My voice is like, infam- it's like data. But you're like, I, I mean more in a performative way, like that you, you, your whole body is moving with the music and, you know, you're like you're so involved in, in the whole production of it all. Yeah. Um, you look really passionate and you look like you're absolutely loving the shit out of it. I do love the yeah. shit out of it. I guess it's just weird. I've made this like little wall in my mind where I'm like, I am the information giver. And yes, it can be very performative. I'm having a lovely time. I'm teasing people and I'm yeah. like running around telling everyone what to do. I love bossing people about, but I guess, <laughs> yeah, it, it feels a little bit different to standing up in front of a crowd and being like, this is a song from my heart. And then like, I don't know, I uh, trying to communicate like deep, rich emotions with your voice. Like it, it's different to that. It's sure. less spicy than that. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, and I like, I like that version a lot more I like just being this like conduit of being like I have a lot of music in my mind and I would like to share it with you and then you can have it for a bit yeah (laughs) well speaking of having music in your mind I've read that you um, have this ability to think musically and that you always have music in your mind and that if you hear a song you can actually just go to a piano and and pretty much play it yeah, I that guess is so. Really impressive. I mean, it's so weird. I didn't know that everyone couldn't do that. Um, and actually, something during COVID. Oh my god! Anyone who knows me will be like, "Shut up about <laughs> this." It's so annoying, but it still fascinates me. I found out about this inner monologue situation with everyone, where it's like a lot of people are like chatting in their minds. Like yeah. you, can, you, you hear your own voice, and I you can kind of yeah. speak to yourself. Mm. I cannot have that I I don't have that at all I have like pure silence the only resource that my brain has allocated is music Wow! so I can't I don't when I close my eyes I've forgotten what you look like when I like I don't know what my partner of 15 years looks like when I close my eyes like I just don't see anything in my mind I don't hear any thoughts it's just total silence except for music it's like all of the resources have gone there and so I like what happens if you like lie in bed at night do you worry about anything like do you have that the inner monologue of worry that the rest of us carry yes I have the feeling of worry and I know what I'm thinking about but it's just like thoughts not words it's you don't know someone going you're a fucking piece of shit (laughs) it's like abstract thoughts like I think about how someone might think that about me but it it manifests in me just being like oh my god I can't sleep like I feel really bad but you're not saying oh my god I can't sleep no no but at the same time in the back of my head it'll be like Johnny (laughs) we were always best of friends like (laughs) which is really annoying Um, yeah, there's like always kind of a song going, which is, yeah, a bit, yeah, a bit annoying. I mostly have a song going as well. What'd you got? Um, you know, a lot of the time, I think I've talked about this before, actually only as a way to get a shit song out of my head. (sighs) I always go to, I want to be sedated by the Ramones. Oh, I don't, I'm like not even cool enough to know what that is. Because, oh, you know what it goes, 20, 20, 24 (laughs) hours to go. I want to be sedated. Okay. I need it in my life. (laughs) I feel like. The Ramones, they're so like repetitive and so like earwormy, catchy that they can get any other shit song out of my head. And I'd be very happy to have the Ramones in my head. Yeah, I need that. What about you? What's your go-to? I I can't. Oh, you don't have one? There is no, there's no way something. So after every pub choir, I am truly cursed by the song. Like sometimes people are like, ooh, I had the song in my head for a few days. And I was like, you... (laughs) don't talk to me I mean like it curses me until the next thing oh wow yeah so what's you what have you got today 
Johnny, <laughs> yeah, Run to Paradise. <laughs> we just Did had you just that, one. Do that one. Yeah, yeah, we just had that, and so it's just like it's just is my life. It's like at yeah. all times there's like a little bit of that going yeah. on. Um, yeah, I it's so weird to when I realized that we think different. Of course, we think differently, but I guess I never thought about that. And so, yeah, yeah music is the only thought I have. Tell um, me about the word audiation. So audiation is thinking in sounds when they're not physically present. So by the sounds of it, you can audiate your voice. Like you can make your voice present in your mind when you're not speaking out loud. You can hear yourself thinking or whatever, however it works. Um, and I can do that with music. So I can kind of like, I guess, contextualize sounds really well. Um, I didn't know that till I got to uni. Um, and I took this class called Oral, A U R A L. Yeah, <laughs> I always feel that like I have to qualify. Very like, <laughs> yeah, like I took the after class Oral with her. <laughs> no, no, no. It was it was Oral musicianship. It's it's actually what I ended up majoring in at uni because I was like, oh, I didn't. I was good at it, and I was like, well, this is easy. This is lazy. <laughs> thing I can do and I didn't know about. Um, and it would be like listening to a melody and then writing it down. And I was like, well, come on, fucking catch up, everyone. And everyone was like, people were crying. <laughs> like, oh, wow. It was really stressful. Yeah, it's difficult for everyone, yeah, isn't I it? Yeah, I didn't know. Well, not everyone, but I didn't know that it was a thing that, um, yeah, I, I just didn't know it was a thing. I just thought that that was, if you like music, you like writing stuff down and hearing it and figuring it out. But everyone thinks differently. And I'm so lucky, I guess, that um, this is one thing I can do. So, like I'd hear a melody and I can really, I can truly like dictate things if I've got a pencil and I know what notes it start on. So I don't have perfect pitch, but if you tell me it starts on a G and then you play it for me, I can pretty much just write it down as I hear it. Like, I don't know. I can just write it down like as in a, like a treble bass clef. If, well, that would take me, slow me down a bit, but like I learned about sulfur at uni. I don't know if this is getting too whack, but I mean, um, like from the sound mean? of music, do re mi va so la di da. Oh, right. And so like, I, if I just learnt that little system when I was at uni and then it's like every note has a relationship with other notes. And so like with Run to Paradise, for example, <laughs> the only song I can think of yep. at the moment, sure. it's like, um, you don't want anyone. In my mind, I can already hear that this is the home note of the whole song. So that's do. I don't yeah. know if this is too weird for people. No, I get it. So then like I have already identified like what is – like where is the home of this song and then so immediately i'm just like do re ti do da ti like i can just give them their oh, cell phone wow. names and know like how the notes are kind of linked with each other and then i can just go jot that down on the lyrics and figure out what chords we're doing i don't know it's just like this weird unconscious thing that I can do. I'm so bad at so much other stuff, just to be very clear. <laughs> I'm just absolutely useless but at most other really things. That is really beautiful and impressive because I think um, a lot of people who are musicians can definitely think musically, but I think that is sort of the next level of being able to know exactly where you're going and how to get there. And well, yeah, it was a revelation to figure out how to name stuff. Yeah. So I was having lots of musical thoughts and I think lots of people do, um, but then I figured out that there is actually a name for how those music thoughts kind of fit together as puzzle pieces. And I was, it kind of changed my life. I was like, right. oh my God, we can give, I can give my thoughts a name. Audiation. But audiation is more just the concept that you can think in sounds when there is silence. Right. And so you can do that in all manner of things and I can audiate musical thoughts. I can think in musical sounds. So, you know, going back to what you do now, and obviously there's so much to talk about. You've had such amazing success in the last few years, which is so beautiful to see. You know, whenever I see someone out of Brisbane do really well, I almost feel like a weird sort of pride it's on behalf team. of. Yeah, Brisbane it's our team. team. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like whenever I see ballpark music, I just yes. get so excited. Yes. I just think, look at them. Yeah. They're doing so well. Yeah, I, they are. We love that for them. Have you ever done a ballpark song? Yeah, we had Sam Cromack come along. It was our one of our birthday shows and we did It's Nice to Be Alive. Oh. And it was like peak Brisbane moment. That's great. It was the most complaints we've ever got about a song. Really? Because <laughs> it's listening. complicated. No, because um, I think this is... This. <laughs> does, he know, does he know that? I don't know. <laughs> I hope they don't. Oh, I can't I hope wait. Listen, I hope they listen, and I both hope they don't listen. I know well. Sam listens. <laughs> um, no, it was more that um, people are really hesitant to explore new things, and at that time, our audience 
I think just expected like um, pub rock songs that are sure. on like um, infomercial CDs, yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> like yeah. the greatest of the eighties box set. Like, yeah. and if it wasn't from that, they were really annoyed. And that was probably the it's the most modern song we've ever done. Yes. And people fucking were, great song. Oh, it, <laughs> Everyone who went to the show was like, oh, my God, I was wrong, (laughs) you know, or people came to the show and loved it already and were like, this is the perfect choice. And I was, I knew in my heart it was a great choice. But one, this is probably one of the biggest challenges about pub choir is trying to convince people that music is not a concrete fixed thing that Mm. is unchangeable. Like a lot of people experience music by listening to it and consuming it and then deciding that the, the way that they've heard it is the way that it will always be but actually music is really flexible and um you can shape it yourself if you know how and that's what pub choir is about it's like taking songs that we've heard a lot of times in one way and then shaping it around us so that it suits us in this evening and we we make this fresh version together and people are still really hesitant about that and so that's why what propels me forward at the moment i'm just like i really want people to know that music is not concrete. And so mm. this song, even if even if it's your favorite song in the whole world, even if it's like the one that you've listened to the most in your life, if you come to pub quiet, it's going to be new. Yeah. And that's what music can do. We can shape it however we want. And I want people to feel more free about that and to care less about what they have experienced with the song in the past and to come with like fresh eyes. You know? I can imagine actually that that if you did sing someone's favorite song, they would have preconceived notion of what they want out of that song. One of the hardest shows we had was right in the early, no, that's a lie. That it was not one of the hardest shows we've had. I've had plenty (laughs) since, but one of the least (laughs) successful song outcomes was when I did Torn by Natalie Imbruglia and people could not turn off the version that they wanted it to be. And so I was like working really hard all night, trying to teach these harmonies and everyone just kept singing the melody together. So it actually made me think sometimes I think the song can be too popular. Like I could never do something. Oh, I think it would be really hard to do something, say like horses. When you get to the chorus, how am I going to turn that off? (laughs) How am I going to stop you from just yelling the melody? I think it would be really hard. So yeah, yeah, sometimes it's good to have a freshness to the Yeah. What did you ever have an intention in terms of what kind of people came to the shows? Because I think when I see videos, because you obviously like you do these beautiful videos after you do the songs um, and post them online. And um, I notice a lot of the people that come to pub choir, I would say uh, that, you know, it's like it's an older crowd. It's mm, not it's mm. not super young, but mm. obviously there's like a, you know, there's a spectrum. But yeah, yeah. Um, it skews. It skews. Sort of but like, yeah, did, yeah, did you ever have an intention of? what kind of people you wanted to come? Yeah, I guess I did imagine it being my peers and it was at the beginning and we were in West End and it was very loose. Yeah. And I think people my age were vibing on that. Um, And then when we started ticketing the event, the crowd got a little bit older. He had to be organised. <laughs> so I lost all my peers. <laughs> no, I think, like as you say, there is really a spectrum. And, and um, interestingly enough, I think in this post-COVID kind of, um, energy the crowd has become much younger mm, interesting. Um, and I think really a lot of that comes down to some of our older crowd and I'm just talking like you know not old I'm not calling no, you old I'm but you like, know like 40s to 50s I would class myself as old <laughs> okay you know <laughs> well I mean like I think before COVID um the crowd might have been like 40s to 50s yeah. You know, and then these days I feel like it's maybe gone 10 years younger. We're like looking yeah. at 30s to 40s and maybe even a little bit younger still. And I think it's because people um, are a little bit more conscious of their health yeah. at the moment and maybe not quite ready to like come into a sweaty room and, sure. and yell with people. Um, And maybe some of our younger onlookers have decided to take the dive and to, to turn yeah. up. Um, which is kind of interesting and it's fun and it's a very fresh energy at the moment. Like I said, it feels like second wind. Yeah, beautiful. Do you ever have conversations about what kind of audience you are trying to attract? Like I imagine you have business meetings the same as everyone else does in the music industry. but No, not really. It's pretty loose. Um, That's good. I have such (laughs) a nice team of people, but essentially um, it's a two-person behind-the-scenes job. So. I do all of the creative stuff. So I, I pick all of the songs. I arrange all of the songs. I 
work with all the guests and um, get all of our accompanists or whatever. And then I also do all the social media stuff. Um, and then there's um, one full-time employee with Pub Choir. His name's John Patterson. Hi, John. to be in the greats. <laughs> um, and he's been um, managing an pub choir for I think probably three years now yeah. um, and he does everything else so in terms of business meetings it's usually like um, a text message um, yeah. I'm like done help <laughs> and then he's like I've done it or whatever but um, I mean it's like it's I'm really proud of us for being such like DIY legends um, but I think when we talk about it I think we just really want um, oh, I don't know I, no I, I'm not trying to pigeonhole any kind of crowd but Mm. I guess I have noticed since COVID that maybe maybe our older crowd is a little bit more hesitant to come back so Mm. yeah we have had conversations about being like we should probably (laughs) target a little bit so we haven't you know we might um do a little bit better job of social media yeah but yeah I mean really singing is for anyone it's like if you've got a face you you qualify you're in all those people (laughs) without faces you fuck right off (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you were talking about people being conscious of their health, but I think that um, there is something about the psychology of singing that is quite a benefit to your health. You can't be unhappy when you're singing unless you're like Nick Drake. But I I feel like if you're, um, you know, if you're singing, especially if you're singing the kinds of songs that you're picking, Mm. which are always like upbeat and Mm. there's a lot of energy, um, I can I can really imagine that that there's a lot of like beautiful health benefits. Oh my god, hundred yeah. percent! Like, there is so much research out there. Singing is quite literally good for you. Like, it's not just like a concept. It's physically good for your body and your mind, and it's good for your immune system. And it like heightens, you know, like um the hormones that you know relieve stress and it's good for your like respiratory system and your posture and all sorts of things like just type the words benefits of singing into google scholar get Mm. some peer-reviewed research there's so much out there and it makes people feel happier and it helps people cope with grief and loss and there's so much it can do for you but the problem that we have is that singing was a little bit demonized the past few years um even though there was like stadiums full of people watching sport and I love sport but it was the same human bodies attending sport that wanted to attend gigs um but for some reason it was deemed safe to like there's like a health shield yeah. at a stadium yeah and it was like oh but it's outside but I'm like how'd they get in yeah. you know they weren't parachuted to their stadium seats everyone had to go through the turnstile and they how all great up would it the... have been if everyone had parachuted into <laughs> like then we would have gone <laughs> yeah oh my god I'm going but um yeah the same bodies were deemed safe to go there so it yeah. was it was a bit tough for a while there so absolutely singing has health benefits but at the moment it's a bit of a shit fight to convince people of that and to get them back so at the moment I think we're kind of rebuilding that's why it feels really fresh because we've gone back to basics a little bit at the moment at pub choir and it's like just focusing on the human experience and connecting people and it's feeling really joyful and good that's amazing and also like speaking of connecting people and um and you know I I know that during the pandemic you did uh couch couch choir which also really connected people in a time where connecting was really difficult can you tell me a little bit about couch choir and how that came about and because it was huge yeah that was surprising as well again no long-term plan I was like let's try this and then it fucking blew up but um like I think even before the borders closed we had started couch choir because I was like I think that this might be a problem yeah like this is gonna be bad guys yeah yeah I was like I didn't didn't mean to be like the harbinger of doom or whatever but I was like it's kind of bad and I don't know if it's like a weekend thing and everyone was like just relax and I was like I think we might have just lost our jobs to be honest and it might have for a while so I was like and we were really riding a peak yeah I kind of I grieve for um where we were the Um, momentum yeah, yeah and I think we might never get that particular momentum back new things might happen and I'm really excited to see what happens in the future. But Mm. at that moment, I don't think we can regain some of those things that we had going on. I think you would find that most bands have that feeling around the world. Yeah. You know, like momentum can come again. You can create fresh things, but we can never have the thing that we had. And that's how life works. We go forward and not backwards. But I mean, like, it's a shame, but you're not alone. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. We're all sad together. That's nice. Um, Well, (laughs) like at, at that time, I, 
guess we lost so much and 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 so I came we were in America touring and we came straight back and lost all of our gigs whatever and then um on the plane home I was like I think we're gonna have to do something here like and we had all of these fans around the world that were really hyped for pub choir and I was like well let's not lose them you know singing is still real we just can't do it near each other um and so we literally talked about it on the plane home I was like I still want to sing I still can do arrangements I can teach people but maybe not in real time and so the amazing crew of people that I've landed myself scored like I'm so grateful um Paris who's done all of the editing for pub choir ever um any video you've ever seen Paris is behind it and she was just like I think I'll find a way. Like we never know what we're doing, but we're really motivated and we care. We give mm. a shit. So I was like, I think I can I can think of a way I would teach people. And she was like, I can think of a way I would try edit it. Mm. I'm like, well, shit, let's try. So how did – I didn't see any of the Couch Choir stuff. How did you teach people? How did you do it? So rather than a real-time experience, the technology for that doesn't exist. A lot of people are like, what Zoom um, subscription do you have? I'm like, give me a break. <laughs> so it was not real-time. What I would do is that I would do my arrangements for the songs, but then I would record myself singing all the way through one harmony. So at pub choir, there's always three harmonies yes. to suit different vo- voice ranges. And so at couch choir, I did three different videos and I was like, here's this song, three different versions. Pick one of these videos that sounds most like you and then learn it. Like listen to it enough times that you know what's going on. You can so sing you along with So you would sing along to the song? In, no, no, I would like I would record fresh a version oh, okay, of the song. Yeah. Like at pub choir, we have yeah. guitar usually accompanying the, yeah. the performance. So I would have guitar and then I would sing over the top, be like, we're going to do Heroes by David Bowie. Yeah. But if you're watching this video, it's because you have a low voice. Yes. And this is what I want you to learn. And then I would just sing through what I wanted for that harmony. And I would do three different videos and you could pick one or all if you felt motivated. And then we would leave it open for like a week and just be like, spend some time with this. We don't care if you miss all of the notes, but listen enough so that you can sing along. Like this is your new version of the song. And then wait, sorry, I have technical questions. Um, So would you, you would play along to a click track? No. No? No. So how were they keeping in time with each other? (laughs) So what we would do, I came up with this great idea, really proud of myself. Right before the video started, I would be like, hit record now and then clap or make a loud noise with me in three two one and we would clap all together and then so we'd get these videos sent to us and we'd just line up these claps we'd just see the first big noise and then just like manually put every single person one by one in so i was mixing the sound and paris was mixing the video the vision and people would just record themselves singing along with the video they'd chosen they would do that loud noise and then they would send us the video of their personal performance. What but, if- but were you playing in time with yourself? So you, when you were rec- – sorry. <laughs> when you were recording your what bit. What is time? I mean, when you were recording your three harmonies oh, along yeah, yeah, with yeah. your accompaniment. Yeah. I would keep the accompaniment you- the same and then I would sing the harmony over the top of right. that with my set, like right. with the accompaniment. Right. So okay. that that's, was the constant. The constant <laughs> was the music in the background, like Got the it. backing track yes. that I created. Yeah. And then um, I would sing the three different harmonies over that. And then so... Um, I was imagining you like playing piano each time and <laughs> no, singing no, along. No, no, no. it wasn't live accompanying. Great. That's a bit much. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> so it was like a backing track that we created for the thing. That and makes then, sense. Now. Yeah. And then people would send in their videos and like... Literally thousands of people sent in videos from all over the world. So in in a weird way, um, COVID kind of was this strange opportunity where our live music business, which was illegal to run in person, actually grew. Yeah. So like our audience quite literally doubled. Um, beautiful with COVID and it's so wild because like I don't think it was going well for most choirs like I'm very aware of that I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable (laughs) and it was like it was a lot for everyone like all of my colleagues and my peers who do that for a living were not able to sing together but we found this weird one way and it was because we worked overnight you know it was such a big job putting all the videos together Um, but it was worth it how did it sound when everyone was singing together incredible it's really different to pub choir so at pub choir you're in the room you are yelling as loud as you like everyone is vibing off each other but at couch choir you sing alone you are singing by yourself and 
all of your flaws are exposed and you have to trust that when you send it, we won't shame you. Um, Because at (laughs) Pub Choir, I can't hear anyone. I don't know who they are. I just hear a wall of noise and I'm like, this is generally wrong. This is generally right. (laughs) But at Couch Choir, it's like people were wrong. Yes. People were missing notes. People were, but they would still send the video. And so the overall result was actually a bit richer. We were getting a little bit more complexity in the sound, but also people were singing more gently because they weren't drunk with a thousand other people. They were in their own homes feeling a little bit sad and lonely. And so the result is really different. And so I don't feel like it was like crossing over with any of the things we had done. It was like this beautiful new thing. Lovely. Uh, Yeah. And um, go, go, my favorite one is the one where we did with Auslan. So one thing that happened with Couch Choir was it showed me how narrow my understanding of music was because I've been doing pub choir for a few years and I was like, I know what I need and blah, blah, blah. Here's the notes. But at Couch Choir, I couldn't, I wasn't in the room with people. It wasn't real time. So I would just give them the instructions that I hoped for. And then I'd be like, send me back what you can. And people started sending back all sorts of things that I hadn't asked for. Like, which, and and I mean that with love. Like sometimes that included new notes, but sometimes it included like no singing and choreography. Right. Or like just signs. They were holding up signs. They just wanted to be a part of it. They weren't singing anything. And then some people started sending in sign language videos where they weren't, they were deaf. And couldn't hear the music but wanted to be part of this. And I was like, I am such a bitch. I am so narrow-minded that I thought music was for people to hear. But music is actually a shared experience. It like opened my mind. And so then we started including sign language in Couch Choir. And we did one for the National Week of Deaf People. And it's You're the Voice. But I didn't actually include any of the melody of You're the Voice. Because I was like, you can add whatever voice you have at home while you watch. But then the video ends in silence where we taught everyone the sign language of that chorus and then the song is still going even though there's no noise. Beautiful. And so it's like changed my whole worldview of what music is. And, and you learned sign language for it? Yeah, I'm learning sign language now. I'm doing oh, my amazing. cert four and I want to keep going because I'm like, oh my God, it's music with your hands. Like it's... um. That's beautiful. It's cha- I can do yeah. my alphabet. Nice. That's it's not it. good like podcast content, but no. we could do sign language <laughs> to each other. <laughs> It's not good. But um, yeah, I remember learning my alphabet and that's, yeah, that's the only way that I can communicate. Yeah. Well, that's more than a lot of people can do. Mm. And I think it's, you know, if you're listening, I feel like um, sign language could benefit all of us. I definitely believe that. (laughs) I have a lot of friends actually who were teaching um, sign language to their babies because apparently yeah. babies can communicate through sign language before they can speak. Yeah, and now we just got to get people to continue learning yeah. it after that. Yeah, yeah, it's so beautiful. Like when you can see the baby say more or done, you know, <laughs> just with their hands before they can say anything. It's, yeah. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, well, that's a beautiful thing. I was going to ask you before you were talking about, um, you know, that not being able to hear when people can when people sing wrong notes or anything when you're in the choir yeah because I thought I wonder if you were ever standing on stage and going that person's sharp that person's flat (laughs) I mean um well interesting that you should say that I never know who's singing what I teach until it's correct on stage so sometimes I go on Instagram after and I see people's videos of where they were standing people always think it's a good idea to like film where they are and like yell at their own arm and then watch it back later and it's like oh you missed (laughs) Um, and it sounds really different out there, but I teach until it's correct to me generally. Um, but having said that, every now and then a tall person will be near a microphone and I do hear one person. I don't know who it was. <laughs> I'll never know who it was, but sometimes I have heard individual voices. And I'm like, oh, shit. Um, we're better together is the conclusion of that. Yeah. Um, but on the whole, no idea who's making what noise and I'm stoked. <laughs> Um, tell me about your amazing accompanies. Is that a word? Accompaniment. Um, because I know that you really champion, um, women in your, in your band. I would, I would call it a band. Oh, thank you. That makes Um, me feel way cooler than I am. And, um, (laughs) 
And it's always so nice to see, like I said before, I get really excited when women are on stage. I get excited when women are on the podcast. Um, And, you know, I I think that all the people that you have collaborating with you have been incredible. Yes. Tell me a little bit more about your little crew of people you've had. Well, this year was a big change. I had one guitarist for about five years, Waveney Yasso, who was incredible, but then wanted to do new things. And I was like, this presents... um, a huge opportunity to share a, an enormous stage. Like it's a big stage that we're on at Pub Choir these days. It's yeah. not at the pub. Pub Choir is the name of the act, not yes. the venue. It's me. Yeah. Um, and so we're And at- just to be clear, you're playing to thousands of people now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's... Everywhere it, you go. It's like theatre shows. Yeah, yeah, it's like thousands of people. So I'm like, you know, what an opportunity to champion some women or gender diverse people, um, people of color, interesting, new, diverse people, because um, there are a lot of dudes out there who play guitar and have great, too great acclaim. A a bunch of great dudes. (laughs) Yeah, we love them. We're happy for them being so great at what they do. Um, But I just feel like it's really rare that this huge stage is um, given to women. I don't take it for granted. And I just felt like in that moment where I realized I had this, um, role to fill, I wanted to fill it with many people. So at the moment I basically am always on the lookout for incredible female guitarists. And there are many out there. Um, of course, it's not for everyone. So, you know, um, now that I've worked with a few people, it's sort of like starting to feel comfortable with a few names, you know, might start a little roster, but I've had some incredible talent come across that stage and I feel so lucky to have like any platform at all, but such a good one. And and it, it's even transformed these days that now, I like just the other day, I had Sahara Beck, who's an incredible Brisbane musician. And then she got to sing her new single right after the interval to this like full sold out crowd at the Fortitude Music Hall. I've got Dana Gurman. Um, next month, I'm going to have Sarah Coppin. I've got all of these incredible, um, talented women that I'm like, you rule please have my stage with me. Amazing. Um, And that's what I want to keep doing. I want to have this as a platform for new voices and like interesting things. (laughs) Yeah. That's so lovely. Do you know what is like made me, I was like, I'm doing the right thing was when um, I guess the word kind of got out that I was looking for guitarists and um, you know, I've, I've got some faves, but um, I guess, yeah, the word got out and I got this DM. If this dude is listening, you're an idiot. <laughs> and I regret nothing. If I could remember your name, I would call you out specifically. But I oh got my this God. DM. I'm so excited. I got this DM from this guy and he's like, uh-huh. he wasn't following me. So it went to my requests and it was like, um, a, a mate of mine let me know that you might be looking for a guitarist. I'm really great. I'm not familiar with um, pub choir, but I've heard that they're big gigs and it sounds like something I might be interested in. Hit me up if you'd like me to be your new guitarist. I was yeah. like, there are so many layers to that that I hate. <laughs> the I, audacity. You know I've, I've said this before. When, when anyone says that they're great, I'm instantly like you're not great but also the idea that he's like it sounds like something I might like I'm like so you don't even know what it is (laughs) I'm sure you fucking would like it mate I'm sure you would like playing to a sold out crowd but I'll tell you who wouldn't like it it's me (laughs) um I would be remiss to not mention your personal message from Kate Bush (gasps) when you sang running up that hill um tell me everything (laughs) I mean, it's wild. Um, I am so deeply uncool. I watch Lord of the Rings like true. every week. It's not true. <laughs> I'm wearing a jumper right now that says Museum of Modern Fart. Like I just, <laughs> I did see that before, and I, I had to. <laughs> like I am hanging. I had to by do a it. double take. Like people, no one ever comes up to me. Like thousands. I reckon I would have sung with hundreds of thousands of people now at pub choir. No one ever comes up to me because they're like, yeah. <laughs> Just That's leave not true. They're probably I, just intimidated. No, no. I think that people are just like, oh, she's really lame. And it's so true. Every word of it is true. So it is so wild to me that I have these interactions with people on like a different level, a plane of existence that I 
have no right to access. But no, yet. don't say that. No, it's you have every right. If to you've ever been to pub choir, no. If you've been backstage, we play mimes. We're doing spot the difference where we move a bag of chips, and we are so uncool. Like it's wild. And then you would so, be surprised how many uncool people in bands there are. I really need to meet them and and make myself feel better. But I mean, I feel uncool, but in a way that I enjoy myself. Like I'm having a nice time. Um, I mean, so. We do songs by big artists because that's the whole shtick is like, you know, songs that make people feel good. And um, and every now and then they get on board. And we've had just the most incredible high caliber, many of the people that you have interviewed on your podcast. Um, and it kind of, it's always surprising to me, but Kate Bush takes the cake. Of course. I mean, like she is an angel from another planet. She's like a beautiful alien that just descended to Earth to sing us her strange alien songs. And I love how private she is. I love how um, eternal she is. Like it's this song that we did is 37 years old. Um, It's literally been around longer than I've been alive. And it's so timeless and classic and eternal. And it was really hard to get the permission for it. Um, Oh, yeah. Tell me about getting permission for songs. Oh, it is the Wild West. It is lawless. Um, I one day will bring down the publishing industry. Wait, so in this, world. this is a bit more technical, I suppose. But that is interesting because I don't think people would realise that you needed to get permission to perform these songs. Or is it to, to publish the video? To be honest, I don't know if we do either. But, yeah. but um, it is so... Um, the rules are very unclear. There are no rules. Yeah. <laughs> so with publishing, if someone decides that they can go after you, they will. And so we're really doing covers, yeah. but the publishing, which you're allowed to do, you're allowed to video them, you're allowed to do whatever you want with a cover. But um, the publishing world decided that we are not doing covers. We are re-releasing songs oh. because it's too different to the original because there's harmonies. Um, it's a very gray area. But anyway, um, the publishing world has a lot of, strength (laughs) and um, I am running pub choir from my couch so it's kind of like I think that we should pay for the use of songs and so eventually I was just kind of like well we're selling tickets on songs we don't say what they are but it's true that we sell tickets and use people's music so we should pay for something I just hope that the money finds its way to the actual people and not publishing can I tell you a weird story of course (laughs) John who manages pub choir hi John wrote was also in the greats yes and wrote music for the greats. Yes. One pub choir show, we decided to do a great song. I was at that one. It was incredible. Yeah. Patience, who is the lead singer of the greats, was a guest at the show mm. performing her own song with pub choir. And John, who manages pub choir um, and who wrote the song, <laughs> said, yes, we would love yeah. you to do that. <laughs> Permission granted. So, I mean, would we even say it's a cover at this point? It's the actual artist performing their own song yeah. with pub choir. We got this uh, email, I don't know, a month after from the publisher who owns, um, who represents the greats. And yep. was like, we see, like, you usually ask for permission for songs, but we see that you've done a song from our catalogue and did not ask permission. You owe us money in arrears. And I was like, well, John, who manages Pub Choir, wrote back and was like, oh, thank you so much. But actually, um, I specifically gave permission and patience specifically saying at the show, like, the band yeah. was involved. Sure. We give permission. And they're like, well we represent the song so you owe us money and they're like but it's our song and you represent us so why would we pay you money for our own song that we did ourselves and it went on because they had sold their publishing i suppose but it went on for months yeah and when you do ask for permission from publishers they ask the songwriter for the sign off so it was like the songwriter was like we don't want you to get money and then do you know how it ended it went on for a while Eventually it petered out. And then um, we got one final email that was like, you owe us admin fee for having to chase this up. (laughs) (laughs) This, ladies and gentlemen, is publishing. (laughs) It's like, who do you even represent? Because it sure as hell is not the artist all the time. Oh, my God. That's nuts. Yeah, so every single song we've ever done, we we ask. For every song. (laughs) We've been sued. I mean, it's 150 times. I hate it. Um, It's like you you have to find out who wrote the song. Then it might be six publishers. In fact, if it's six publishers, we just give up and find a different song. It's too hard. You know, you've got to go chase everyone's representative. Everyone has to agree on the fee. It's it's, um, really challenging. But with Kate Bush, it was 100% her. We Great. love that for her. She yes. wrote it all herself. Pardon me. <laughs> I'm 
excited. I'm like gassy with excitement <laughs> with this story. And um, yeah, we, we asked for the permission for this song and the publisher did come straight back and they're like, I will put this request forward, but you should know that the answer is almost always no. And she's very protective of her music. Find yes. something else to do. And I was like, oh my God. I mean, fair enough. It's great music. Protect yeah, it, babe. Sure. <laughs> you you hold it those cards close to your chest. But um, we we did get the permission. So that in itself, I was like, we have been blessed from yeah. above. <laughs> um, How so, amazing. Yeah, like I wonder I, what made her say yes. I don't know. That's I don't lovely. know, but she trusted it, I guess. Um, and and then that was the first time that I put the song out in the world really ahead of the show because I was like, this is rare and special. Yeah. And the song was number one on the charts at that time. And yeah. I was like, we've never had this. I have to tell you all, this song is going to be big. And I knew it in my heart. It was like, this is a big deal. And it was. And oh. I put so much effort into that arrangement. I wrote for strings. I composed for the Camerata Queensland Chamber Orchestra and I got them involved. I had drums, Libby Scott on drums. Um, I really went all out and I put together a fucking cracker of a show and the right. audience sang it amazingly and then she saw it and wrote us a friggin' email oh. and there is no greater validation than Kate Bush. That's so <laughs> lovely, isn't it? And yeah. how funny that like those full circle moments where you're like they've seen the thing that – was inspired by them and you know and, and they liked it and they liked it and it, and, and every lovely. time that happens at Pubquat, I feel like it kind of it's not like I need a the songwriter or a celebrity endorsement but for me it's almost like um I feel like that person would be very honest about their own music right yes. like she has no need to say anything no. she does not need to be nice to me <laughs> about her about how we've performed her song so it tells me that pub choir is special on like a big level even for the people who are the most sick of the song yeah <laughs> and like we get the artist along and it's like so fresh for them and it and it tells me that we're doing the right thing that is so beautiful it's really really <laughs> like lovely <laughs> and I love that you know I, I, I saw you on telly and I was like yes it was another one of those Brisbane moments I was like look at her go and yeah Kate Bush what a thrill yeah and I honestly I don't think I'm overstating this I honestly think Kate Bush has helped get pub quiet back on track yeah like people were a little bit scared and then that song happened and the pub was full and the theater was full and and it's kind of been full ever since because I think people were like shit singing does look fun yeah (laughs) like oh my god it's actually high quality we're not just like fucking around and and making stuff up I think a lot of people see it's like a curse with pub choir is that it looks so easy that people think down to it and I and you know if it was easy there'd be a lot more of it um I think we're doing I am doing a high quality job and the audience that comes along is putting out a high quality end result because we we're we're working hard. You are working really hard. So I, and yeah, it's I, paying off. Yeah, oh, and thank so you. It should. Yeah, I yeah. feel good. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling really. Um... You're feeling refreshed. You're feeling like a cunt, and you're feeling. <laughs> I always feel like that. But no, I'm I'm feeling great, and I I'm feeling extra extra grateful. Oh, I hope I that, that I'm gonna like listen back to this podcast, and I want to hear myself say to myself, <laughs> "That's meta. <laughs> that this is special work." And never take it for granted. And even if it feels like weird sometimes, it is so rare to be able to do this thing and to make people feel happy and to have music as my life. So I'm very, very grateful. So if you've come to a show, thank you. Well, that's a beautiful notion to end on. But before we end, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everybody, which is um, what is your strangest show experience or the strangest thing that's happened to you because you play music? Okay. I thought about this deeply. (laughs) I have so many bad show experiences. I mean, I know we have a show that we cannot talk about yet, but I um, was recently booed off stage, (laughs) but I actually can't talk about it yet. So we're going to hold too soon. Put a pin in that. Going to put a pin in (laughs) it. Circle back to that at another time. Um, Ask me in person if you see me, but um, yes, I was recently booed off stage and it was wild. Um, And I'm actually, it's funny to me now. It was traumatic for about an hour, but then now it's funny. But anyway, you know what I was, I was, I've talked to, to a lot of people about that feeling of something horrible happening 
but how long did it take until it was funny? And normally the story is not very long. Yeah, yeah. Because, you it know, so I'm, shocking that I'm very that good friends with your front of house person. <laughs> Love you, Christy. Who's, um, hi, Christy. Who is also a fantastic, amazing, extraordinary woman. We love her. And, um, and she, yeah, she told me about it and I was like, oh my God. Whoa. Whoa. Um, <laughs> unexpectedly. <a> it was <laughs> unexpectedly so, tragic. So, so, so much. But and we're not talking about it. Nope. Next. So. Well, well, okay. okay. Go, on, go on with your story. Here we go. When I was at uni, I was a funeral singer. So I what? believe that I have seen more funerals than anyone um, except Whoa. the funeral director. So. Um, lots of people who do singing, sing at weddings or like restaurants and I sung at funerals. Oh my God. Was it just Ave Maria? It's a, that a lot. Yeah. Wow. And I, in fact, I did it a lot in COVID too. When I was just sitting around twiddling my thumbs, they got back in touch some of the funeral homes and I was like, oh, I'm free. <laughs> I, <laughs> oh I really, I, it sounds wrong to say I like a funeral because it's obviously sad, but I get a lot out of it. I don't know these people, but I find a funeral is like the last place where we are analog humans. Nobody looks at their phone at a funeral. Everybody thinks about their life. Everybody. Yeah. Um, Nobody's not, videoing this. No one's a taking a photo. Mm. Like at a wedding, it's all about the show and the photo. Like people get married for photos, in my opinion. Yeah. But like at a funeral, there's no paparazzi. Everyone yeah. is deeply reflective. And I feel like... Like I mentioned early on, I don't love being the performer, but at a funeral when you're singing, it's like a service. Mm. You're not doing a show. <laughs> you are you are like helping people access their emotions. They're feeling pretty shit and you're giving them permission to have a little cry, really. Like in my mind, I'm singing at a funeral and if they're crying, I'm like, I've done my service. Wow. I've done my job. I want people to feel like they have a private moment of emotion. So I've set the scene. Set the scene. Oh, my God. funeral singer. I'm worried. Oh, God. This is at night. I'll lie in bed going, about this. So I've sung in hundreds of funerals. and Hundreds? Yeah, hundreds. Hundreds. I've just seen so many. And um, one of the favorites is You Raise Me Up by Josh Groban. It's a Sing me just a bar you of that. You raise me up so I can stand on mountains. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's an absolute funeral classic. Um, Is it? Yeah. Huh. And I had been singing at this funeral and I wasn't really on. I don't know. I just felt like I wasn't tapped into the like raw emotion of what it needed to be. And it's not about me, but I was like, no, there's a, a dry eye. <laughs> like everyone was just, <laughs> you know, sitting there enduring. So I was like, I think that they need this from me. They need me to step it up. So this is like the final song. <laughs> um, and it was You Raise Me Up. And there's like this note towards the end, which I don't usually do because I'm not taking risks at someone's funeral. No. I'm singing um, – as gently and as beautifully as I can to help them feel things. Usually it just goes, and I am strong in the chorus. But if you want to go full Josh Groban, you go, and I am strong. And I don't usually do it. Okay. Because it's not about me. But that I doesn't was, sound super showy though. Oh, I didn't do it. I don't know what kids in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like a big long note. And it's just a little bit out of like the normal range that mm -hmm. is comfortable. So I was like, you know what? They deserve this. And it was like a big, sad funeral. <laughs> and it was like quite a young person. And, oh, and no. then so I was like, I want I want to give them like a cry. Yeah. I want to give them a good cry at this moment. So I went for this note. Uh-oh. And my voice cracked into 10,000 pieces. Like a blowout beyond all blowouts. And I'm right in the microphone and I'm like, and I am strong. And then without... Being able to stop myself. So I had this blowout, which is a full body experience. And before I even drew breath, my dumbass brain immediately tried to make a joke because oh, it was no. so awkward. So no. I, without even drawing breath, go, and I am strong. No, I'm not. Right into the microphone. So not even a good joke. Just just came out of my mouth in the middle of a funeral and people gasped. They gasped and I like 
I, I turned inside out like I could not have felt more disgusting. Listeners, she's just grabbing her face like she can't even handle having a face right now. Oh, this is so long ago and it was so embarrassing. It still haunts me to the set. So I made this really awful, awful, <laughs> at a funeral. unconscious. It just came out of my mouth oh, with this no. blowout. Okay, And then the conclusion of this story is I'd made a joke at a funeral. Everyone felt so awful. Oh, no. I scurried away at the end of the funeral and ran straight to my car and closed the door and wound up the windows and just tried to bake myself to death. Oh my I was God. like, this is going to happen. And I hear this little knock and I turn around and it's the widow. <gasps> it's the widow. She is going through something oh, at no. the moment. And I wind down my disgusting window with my disgusting face. And I was like, hello, I'm really sorry for your loss. And she pats my arm. Because she heard me sing and make this joke. She pats my arm and she goes, it happens. Oh, no. And then I just look at her and like, what? The widow widow felt sorry for me. (laughs) (laughs) And then I drove away and I, yeah. And then I was like, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) I need a change. I need to change. I was never more disgusted with myself than making a joke at this poor woman's funeral. Oh my god! And being the saddest thing that happened. Yeah, I was the were... saddest part of. That. Oh my goodness! That's. So, I'm really sorry if you're listening. I'm so she's not listening. She's never no. listening to my material again. And I appreciate that. Thank you. Well, that's a great story. Um, Is on it? that note. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, that's it. Hurt me just listening to it. <laughs> I want to pull off my own face just listening yeah. to it. <laughs> Sorry, um, Astrid. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. It was such a pleasure to speak with you. It really has been such a pleasure. Thank you for having me. I feel really honoured. Um, yeah. I feel honoured. <laughs> oh, let's hold hands. Let's okay. interlace our fingers. Okay. okay, you can't see, listen, but it's happening. Okay, <laughs> bye. <laughs>